Salutations, mortals, and welcome to From the Jump. I'm your host, Oaken, and these are interviews of creatives by creatives. Today, we have one really special guest. As you can see, I'm, I'm wearing the hat today. We have Jutzfanger in the house. This man is beyond talented. I don't even know how many different creative aspects he's in, but I'll let him tell you himself. Jets, how are you doing, brother? Yes, yeah. Thanks for, for having me, bro. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Oh, well, thanks, for, thanks for coming through, man. You know, it's, it's, it's blessed to have somebody like you, one of the real OGs out here, you know what I mean? No, 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 I have to because it's not always where you can have a conversation with someone from, you know, in another country, like, where you hardly go. I mean, I was I was in Namibia, how many years ago? 2016, yeah, 2016. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the year, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. And uh, and and to have this conversation with you is like the one we should have had then. Oh, so wait. you can imagine <laughs> all the built up anxiety and excitement. Can you give him a little intro? I don't want you to go too much into depth because I will be pulling out some of those things no. throughout our convo. But please do give him a little intro mm -hmm. and let them know exactly who the king is. Sure. Um, I'm a I'm a writer, composer, a dabble in a bit of instrument playing the guitar. But my forte is rap and poetry, especially in Afrikaans, mostly in Afrikaans. Oh, um, yeah. So, so that's just in short. Yeah, that's that's. Speaking of, you know, the fact that you do your art in Afrikaans predominantly, um, I know that. Okay, let me just give a little bit of a history for those, because I mean, I have to do this every time. People are always wondering why is it this artist that Oaken has chosen. So, I met you. The first time I met you was in Obs. Um, we were in observatory for Ali, that dude, when he was still nemesis. And uh, he had a show in observatory with sushi and beer that I opened up for. Um, and that was the day I met you. And I remember what you said to me very clearly that day. Uh, because I forgot my words. It was the first time that I performed without paper in front of my, my face, you know. Nothing in my hands. I'm there trying to do it from memory. I remember afterwards you came to me and you were like, man, you know, I, you were nervous. It's fine. It's nervous. It happens to everybody. But your voice and the things you're saying, my bro, don't stop. And I was like, oh, wait. okay, no, I know who Jets <laughs> is. Because I, I already knew who you were, you know what I mean? And it was like, so I was like, fuck, all right, cool. Just fucking with it. I'm fucking with it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will never forget that day, but it was the first time I was at that venue. What's it called? The lounge or something? Mm, um, something weird like that. Pretty small upstairs lounge, and I like the layout. As you come in, you can see what's happening upstairs through these oh, big monitors, like flat screens. And I thought, man, if I have a lounge, I want to have it like the same way you guys had it. Pick the right Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I remember Ali's performance. I mean, he was the guy, the only guy I remember for a long time. I haven't seen that, but he had his shirt buttoned up right to the top. <laughs> he and still he does, man. A... <laughs> he still does. I still yeah. follow him. I'm a fan, bro. Anyone doing hip hop trying to, to be different. Um, but yeah, just in that particular performance, I want to say that he gave a very um, spectacular performance in terms of his energy because I could hear he was a writer. Sometimes we write, like who, who said it? I saw a post by Tech Nine, mm -hmm. one of my favorite MCs. No doubt. Um, very unorthodox, you know, with flows and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
and concept uh, subject matter and he says that sometimes we write to win instead of uh, writing to perform mm. and you can hear it when someone performs so for me ali was a, a writer who when he performed he tried to win the performance as well he took really oh, took a lot of energy yeah yeah no nah, man it's, it's yeah but of course you you too <laughs> well, with, with how how nervous I was that day. <laughs> But you remember those days? I always remember the days I I I make mistakes, man. I don't remember the days. Yeah, 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 and we should. We should. No doubt, no doubt. So, a little thing I want to I want to touch on is is something that a lot of people might not know. Um I actually remember before I met you, and this is how I knew who you were before that day was um yeah. before I actually I think you know when it was was it 2009 no it was way before 2009 2004 somewhere around there. I think it was 2004 2005 when uh you had Africaps uh came out <clears throat> okay okay so so let's go with forward Africaps started in 2009 and we uh I think we launched it in 2010 So yeah, I know it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> it feels longer. <laughs> exactly a decade, no? April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. Yeah, okay, so I actually met you before Africa Cups then. That's weird. I always thought it was the other yeah. way around. Yeah, no, before. Where did I, where did before. I see you before that? You see, this is 2007, 2008. Yeah, no, it couldn't have been 2009. Must have been 2000, like somewhere around 7 or 9. Yeah, man. They around. We all right. That makes more sense. Now just mm. um you you really mm. you're a person that I know is very um into community you know you you're really about your community you're about uplifting your community and not just yep. through um shows and and what but also through action um and through how you how you carry yourself and how you um deal with people um you uplift mm. your community and I've been seeing it for I mean I've been following you since forever so I've been seeing it for a long time If if mm-hmm. there was something that you could say to um up and coming you know uh, creatives that also want to get into helping their communities out um but don't really know how to go about mm-hmm. starting what would what would be your advice you know because a lot of people they they also only just known as the artists like let's say for me let's let's say let's use me as an example I'm, I'm known as Oaken but there's also Nikolai you know the person So what would you tell uh, a younger, you know, version of yourself that's trying to come up? Yeah, okay. Um I, I deal with up and coming or fresh uh, MCs or writers on a weekly basis. Um and I always try to remind them as I remind myself still to this day that in order to 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 get yourself off the ground you need to overcome the fear of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. You need to allow yourself to make mistakes because that's when the magic happens. Zach I wouldn't have you know landed where I where I was or where I am right now um that could be reminded me when I met you um it's like I I could see the nervousness that you had away <laughs> but to add to what you're saying you know um i think that that is a problem with most creatives you know especially up and coming creatives i was i was definitely exactly like that i was so shit scared of messing up my words forgetting a line 
that it was inevitable that I was going to do it, you know? And instead of working yes. on the yes. fact that it's going to happen, so find a way to move with it, you know, doesn't seem as prevalent to people. I was so just in my head, man, you know? And, and that's why I, I totally agree with you, you know? Mistakes are there to teach us. That's how we learn. Yeah. So just what I want to do is I want to jump straight up into the the, the, the questions, what I have out here, um, just for those that sure. don't know. How we do this is I have a few questions that I use to go in and out of different interviews. So this it, it works as a constant theme, more or less, that's that's going through. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to shoot it off for you. First question, Jets. Um, yeah. If there was one moment from your creative journey that you could relive, uh, which would it be? <laughs> But only one. You can only choose one. <laughs> Oh, it would it was probably be my most toughest performance when I met my my wife. Um, I performed at this club called Waiting Room uh, in Long Street, and it was the night before I left for my very first um, trip overseas mm-hmm. to perform for the Taiwan Migration Music Festival, oh, which is a cultural festival at the time, not a hip hop festival, mm-hmm. and. Um, I remember before the show, people would come in and I stood under the stairs because there's a staircase like in the middle of the floor going up. And I stood there trying to gather myself because now through the doors coming all these legends and people that you know you perform for. But now they're going to see you differently performing with a guitar, you know, and they're kind of doing poetry and stuff. And uh, yeah, that that night, (laughs) I I received a... The, the the I received a congratulations if I if I may mm-hmm. that was unlike any other that I've had before then you know people people saw me I think in in a new light okay so you're going on this journey now you know you're about culture now you want to oh, dig yeah. deeper into yourself because that's what I communicated from my performances like I'm done with the beaten path of beats. And rhymes as an MC with a DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm going here. Different mm-hmm. time structures, the different concepts, you know, subject oh, well, matter. Yeah. Live so music. Really took over. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one. 2000 and... 2007. September 2007. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the night you met wifey, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the way... It wasn't established that, you know, um, I asked her for a number and, mm-hmm. and we're going to go out there kind of, no, 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 no. She was, she was a journalist at the time and, and she made an appointment, you know, to do an interview with me. So I just saw her for the first time, knew that I like her. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, my luck when she, she actually wants to do an interview, like, you can imagine that. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, my this, number. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get into uh, question two. Question two is a bit more of a fun one. Uh, it's one that I really, really enjoy asking people. Yeah, Superheroes or supervillains? Which one is your favorite and why? <sighs> Anti-heroes fall into supervillains, by the way. So Wolverine, supervillain. Deadpool, supervillain. Those guys are not heroes. <laughs> so. Hey, oh, yo, yo, yo. Super, super, super. You know, I like Blade, no? Blade for me because he started the whole, I mean, he, if you think 
big blockbusters of the late 90s mm-hmm. of the late 90s you you think about the matrix and stuff it was like the the, the renaissance period for for action movies oh, yeah. and there were a couple of um i would say comic movies that didn't make it as big or that showed the success that played had was yeah. Wesley Snipes you know you're seeing a black hero black vampire bro a black vampire in the black vampire who can walk in daytime bro daylight day walker stuff bro <laughs> now nah, with you I'm with you nice gadgetry he he had the choreography down and his and his acting i think he had the the top guy lines that he had he was always like you know mean mean mugging and that kind of thing yeah no nah. yeah. but you see so then you going with super villains because blade was not a hero bro he was not a hero <laughs> okay blade was out for revenge that wasn't well, because he, he loved humanity <laughs> he killed other, other villains so you know and no matter how many times they up their game he would always find a way to oh, yeah, smash yeah, yeah and no, uh, for me he started the whole trench coat kick ass um you know vibe That's before true. the Matrix. That's know? that's for sure. I swear the Matrix stole that from Blade. That's and a lot of those moves too. Yeah. Them Blade moves hey. that they had. <laughs> All right, all right. Cool, cool. The question is in the light of events and concerts likely being canceled for the next few months, um what revenue streams are they are you using or looking to use in in the upcoming future, you know? Um just to, you know, whether it's keep food on the table or keep busy while making cash to donate to other things just what different types of things are you creatively coming up with um for yourself or other people even mm okay good question um revenue streams uh the live the live streaming monetizing that mm-hmm. and finding the blade the best means to uh is keep it sharp because you can't just jump on to any live stream let's say like instagram mm. you know what i mean um because uh, well i won't say instagram is bad but if you look at instagram if you go on there right now i'm sure there would be like five to seven live streams happening right now you know what i mean <laughs> exactly. so you're setting yourself apart so that you can have your own audience away from um the competition yeah i think you can still sell tickets uh, if you look at what what ticket is doing what um so many other platforms are, are doing and then there's patreon which is actually geared towards the the artist any kind of artist visual artist oh, musician yeah. singers and stuff where people can donate to you to to get a piece of your work you know on oh, an okay. ongoing basis per month and stuff so patreon yeah those are one of those brilliant um, and brilliant see? and uh, and and also try to stick with the essentials like people always try to buy clothes as you can see I've got my own hoodie it was uh, launched uh, at the end of last year and got caps too <laughs> yeah I like those by the way oh, um, <laughs> so so that's that's like trying to create more revenue streams where when you can't perform then there's there's another wheel that's turning which you have to pay close attention exactly exactly i mean yeah. we can't stay stagnant in this time we're going to have to adapt and and as they say adapt or die Yeah and and I'm sure you've seen that people are now also working um what's what's the word um we 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 are creating one song but you you film yourself doing your piece and then mm, we edit it mm. all together and make that one song you know Well yeah things. exactly exactly people are it's I mean yeah 
Yeah, we can't we can't all be physically together, but I think um, to to just add on to your point, that's exactly what technology is there for. We're finding so many different technological mm -hmm. advancements that we can use to our advantage because yeah. of this. I mean, if like right now mm. we, we're on a we're on an interview live that will later on be on a on a, on a on a stream, but the point that we've never done this when there wasn't a lockdown. This technology was there, but we didn't use it because <laughs> we weren't forced to. You didn't pay close attention. Exactly, yeah, yeah. you know, and now it's like, oh, we can do full concerts, we can have battles, rap battles, DJ battles, like all of this can happen. For sure. Yeah, you saw what the Premier did was with Russia and, uh, and it's hey. Teddy Riley and Baby hey, you see which one's coming, huh? Yeah, that's the one I, I, I was going to mention. Um, these letters are now breaking the internet all over again, you know. And I like the challenge of what the lockdown is providing because now you can think more about how do people want to experience you. And now you try to, to, to frame that yeah. so that you can stay in the proverbial pocket. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. man, that's actually very true. That's so true. Uh, just just to uh, give people a, a bit more of an in-depth, right? So, as I've told you before, the whole point of From the Jump was to get to what the parts that people don't see, behind the curtains, you know? How Jits became Jits, like, because truthfully, we all walk our own journeys, you know? And even if I told somebody exactly which steps to take to become Oaken, then they're not going to do it the same. It's not going to work. They weren't in the same frame of mind. So, for me, it's more exactly. about showing people that even though they get to see the end product, you know, and it's beautiful, the struggles and sacrifices that come with making that end product is what we're trying to get out and let people also experience a little bit during these. I mean, they don't have anything else to do but listen to us, so they might as well. <laughs> Yay! It's like listening to us in Wales. Anyway, um, exactly. Yeah, question. What's the question? Uh, yeah, so if you could just give them a little background on how you know your creative journey has has transgressed or, or, or moved throughout um, these past what twenty years? Twenty years, man. Twenty years. I think because just after I left school, or let me not say after I finished school, mm -hmm. uh, because in the nineties there were so many, especially where I'm from, the cloth that I'm cut. From. Mm -hmm. There was just too many excuses not to finish school. It wasn't seen as something that's necessary, like a trick. Yeah, then what? You know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of my peers, they they, they went into parenthood early. Mm -hmm. um, we went into drugs early. We went into all kinds of um, non-beneficial activities. Anti-social. And... Yeah, but 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 I think hip hop for me was my was more like the teacher, the after school school. You know, when when now when you want to see the world, when you want to learn about more about cultures from different parts of the world, because I always knew there would be a different kind of hip hop as opposed yeah. to the American version of it in India or China or you know mm -hmm. Russia for that matter, because culturally we all make use of the same methods to survive. Storytelling, we have people with their own recipes, food making, clothes wearing, music making, and so you can go on and on and on. Yep. So, so those vehicles, those are our drivers, you know, um, as, as an as when you look at nationhood. And, um, and before I even knew all of that, mm -hmm. 
I was introduced to 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 rap music through my my late older brother who was pretty much into NWA, Public Enemy. He would listen to the gangster stuff, but listen to the black conscious stuff. Oh, <laughs> so by flipping the cassette, <laughs> or would be on the same side. You know when we dub over something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he would dub. A, a later, a later, like okay. I I learned I I listened to hip hop since uh, the beginning of the nineties actually. Mm-hmm. When my older brother was fourteen, he was fourteen at the time. I think it was yeah. No, was it? There's a four hour. There's a four hour, four year gap between us. Oh okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was not that old, but close enough so that I can relate. And then. He would first play the the NWA stuff, and then the Easy E stuff, and then came Snoop stuff, mm. and then, but it would be cassettes that had Public Enemy on these. And I would listen to Easy E, click, clap, 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 to <laughs> fuck the police, to uh, something really conscious, X Clan vibe. You know, mm. so I was like, what kind of world is this? You know, planets for me it was like planets like orbiting when I listened to rap music. In the early days, and so it progressed into me looking for the local music, local hip hop. Because now I wanted a voice. I wanted to relate close, more close. Close, yeah. Yeah, because you could just look outside and see things happening that relates to a Nazi. Was it written now? Yeah, exactly, Fuji, exactly. You know, and that's when I discovered POC and Black Lives through very few like hip hop heads, really. Because I was I was growing up in in Kelso, in the northern parts of. Of the Cape Flats, mm-hmm. and you know uh, the scene was quite small um, in terms of uh, access to the, this kind of music. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Yeah, and and the and the sooner I heard the style and stuff, and and fell in love with poetry through school, and you know my teachers giving us prescribed uh, literature to um, do, do or yeah. learn about. I was like, hey, if I put a beat to this, this is actually a rhyme. Certain That's- poets wrote. Where, 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 if you read it, you can actually, you know, the spacing was so rhythmical. That I was like, yeah, this is this is a rhyme right here. Let me try this mm. just with my own story. And that was early as ninety, uh, what was it, before high school, I tried to, to write my own rhymes. Oh, where? So you. It's all the way back, all the way back. You, you've been coming. Yeah, with... that's, that's, that's like almost 30 years ago. It was like 27 years ago. Yeah, it's about 27. Because yeah. 97 was yeah, 23 yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's, it's about it's about 27 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, yeah. And I, and I, my, my father brought with him um, two typewriters. One was the one without electricity, which was smaller. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, I remember those ones. <clears throat> you had to punch hard to get the letter, the hammer on the, you know, through the ribbon onto the paper. Oh. So like, <laughs> and I and I sat there and I liked the whole, the, you know, applying to the mechanisms and working the speed. And then I wrote my, I typed my first line. I didn't write it on, but I actually typed it. And uh, come high school, I was now a, a ghostwriter for the crew that I was. Oh, where? And then I joined, oh, you know, as a beatboxer. So that's the, yeah, that's the plot that was cut. Yeah, but that's most a journey, Jits. That's 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 a full on, and that's what I mean by creative journeys, you know? Yeah. 
if somebody Why? just saw you today and only found out they watch this interview and they're like, okay, I've heard about Just Funga. He, he raps in Afrikaans. He does poetry in Afrikaans. He's a really mm -hmm. dope artist. But when you come and watch the whole interview and you're like, hold up, he used to ghostwrite for people in high school? <laughs> Damn, this man. Yeah, listen, listen, listen. No, no, no. Don't, don't get me wrong. They were rhymes. They were <laughs> rhymes. But the, the MC or the leading, you know, the front man, he didn't write his own rhymes. He would, he, I've later found out that he actually got his material from another brand living in a different part of Kells River, who was actually a graffiti writer, you know, who's starting to be a graphic designer at the time, who we never, no one knew about this guy called Moksa. He lived in the, you know, the other side of the road where, you know, the, the middle class folk yeah. lives. And, he, and, and, and the front man is actually from the skim area, you know, oh, the right. ghetto. <laughs> and, um, and that's how those two worlds meet, you know, mm. in a school hall. When I heard uh, the, the lyrics of POC coming from the front man's mouth, and they would do raga vibes, yeah. raga versions of the songs, you know, my brother was dear because that was a game fight up or block. That's POC's dialogue play. Oh, you know, oh, and I, learned, I learned that stuff, but then it was only a three song repertoire and then there would still be an audience and we would run out of material and that's why I stopped. But you um, see, thank you. Thank you for telling that story, Jets, because that exactly is what I'm trying to get at. Collaboration, right? I, I truly believe it's one of the, the greatest things that artists can ever do because we learn from each other. And at the same time, we we let people learn from us. So not only do we learn, but we allow people to also learn from us instead of trying to cage everything in and no, I must be the top dog. You can't, I can't give you the secrets to the, you know, like all of, 100%. so many artists don't want to give out their secrets, even though, I mean, nobody's going to do it like you. So what does it matter? Um, but I have one more question for you, Jits, from the random questions. And then uh, we're going back into our, our full on convo. Um, yeah. Let me see which one I actually want to ask you. Okay, what's the one chance, right, creatively, just creatively, that you never took that you wish you would have taken? Recording a song on a mad lip beat. What, what do you mean? Why didn't you do that? <laughs> now, as you know, okay, this, now let's go back to 2005. Or should I say 2004? When I met Stacy Epps, yeah, she actually came to South Africa and at the time hip hop was in another phase, especially the local hip hop scene. Mm -hmm. uh, Stacy Epps, I think she was, was she an exchange student or something, I'm not too sure what the vibe was, but um, she, I was recording my album at High Voltage Entertainment Studios, which was a highly independent um, setup in Woodstock. Oh, um, okay. See, I was a latecomer to the independent scene. It was all these folks were like machines, man. They worked hard, and um, and they also uh, they were be they were fully behind doing it for self, oh, finding okay. out everything, how to manage, how to produce, how to perform, um, and they and it was all embedded in a, in a deep sense of who's that they knew who they were when they did the music and that spoke a lot to me at the time because I just did demos and after the next into the next demo no business structure and so when I met Stacey Epps I was already a few performance deep I already opened for the piece a couple of times and lost. 
at Zula Soundbar or whatever. Um, I did my interviews and then she came along. She's like, here's a beat tape from Mad Lib. bro. <laughs> I obviously loved it, bro. I obviously like, and I just discovered Mad Lib. And I think that's the year that Jay Dilla died. Mm. 2004. I think it was 2004. And yeah, I mean, and, and I was like, yo, wow, check this out. Let me get into it. But then I was told, no, too many samples on here and blah, 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 blah. It might just not happen. Mm. I was told. So so it wasn't my decision. I was just told that it's, that it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, and man. I wish, and I wish I just, I wish I just took that CD, recorded myself elsewhere, give it back to her and say, you know, <laughs> this is for Madden, if he, whatever he wants to do with it, so that he can know there's MCs that, that raps in Afrikaans, you know, mm. that loves his beats and stuff. Um, just like me, I mean, I write um, opinion pieces mm. for a Afrikaans, uh, uh, for Afrikaans publication, online publication. Every month I do two submissions and um, um, damn, keeps man. your pen sharp. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I won't lie. That that you are dead right about. When you get into uh, a deal, a contract, an agreement whereby you have to release content every month, your pen your pen game goes ridiculous. Um, just a short insert. When I was writing for uh, when was that? Two thousand and I was writing for I speak was it I speak hip hop? No, it wasn't I speak hip hop. That was where I was published. There was another I can't remember which one it was. Ah, Cape Town Street Mag. Mm-hmm. I was writing for Cape Town Street Mag. Um, just oh, when I finished. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They actually created a poetry section on Cape Town Street Mag because at that time Nikolai T and B people like really liked my poetry in Cape Town. So they were like, I let's mean- let's. So they were like, let's put up a, a poetry section. If you can, will you be able to do the poems? So I was like, all right, how many poems you want? They were like, if you can give us one one a week, every week, um, we're good. Mm-hmm. I sat down for three weeks and I wrote 54 poems, bro. That's all I did. I just wrote. And my pen game went ridiculous from there. And then you saw me perform <laughs> afterwards. You wrote 54 poems in a week? In two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, two but weeks. that's still a beat of yeah, but I only I only released like 24 of them to them because like, I mean, after a while I was like, look, man, I'm tired of giving you guys because I would just every week I just send them a poem because I already wrote it, right? <laughs> so I don't have to write it. Every week I just send it. I'd yeah, you were just it. waiting to, to say send. Exactly. How important is it for young up and coming artists to collaborate? Um, and not not just collaboration. Collab- mm. Yeah, not just to <clears throat> collaborate uh, to elevate their status. Um, but is it important for them to collaborate to literally learn how to be a better version of themselves? That's the question. Yeah. Okay, collaboration, I highly recommend um, because it's not just an exchange of, you know, the meeting of minds. Uh, it's, a, it's the meeting of professionalism because you would always want to put your best foot forward okay. when collaborating, you know, because you, you, you pay more attention to the end product when you are collaborating supposed mm. to when it's your own work because now you go let me try this and then you put it aside and then half bake here full blown there go back this one is where oh hold on um what did you say how many times should i do this again for for a different work you know the what elevates you is the process of collaboration there we go right 
yeah. in itself and you and you take a dive or gaze inward you learn more about yourself um you would learn about yourself quicker when you collaborate with someone i collaborated with an opera singer for a tv program called head rap back in 2008 i think and i had just come back from switzerland yeah 2008 maybe it was before but it was that same year and i had to write lyrics for her to sing as and, and i never actually thought of it like that but it is really trust it's it's yeah. trusting the person yeah. to do their part and yep tr- and them trusting you to do yours while you guys are creating this thing and that's that's actually very beautiful man i i never thought of it like, uh, you, you see we're always learning <laughs> <laughs> i was shitting bricks she was sweating blood she cried tears but um because of how it dawning on us that this is actually going to become nationwide it will be broadcasted nationwide for everybody yeah. to see and everybody's going to be able to see that catalyst yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And i was glad i still have a copy of it uh, which i will probably put on my uh, my youtube channel soon enough as i get please more do. rights please so, yeah. do so we can all all see that i'm trying to see that go down and that was one of my favorite yeah. spots man zula 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 bowers oh that place man it was so wild the stories of bro i don't even want to tell my stories from that place let's just leave it <laughs> so it got too wild man i got fired from before that will be my first question if i'm to interview you yeah let's let's get right into it <laughs> I'll introduce you later. <laughs> How'd you get fired for performing? <laughs> yeah, actually managed that. Yeah, no, nah, that was it was a wild time in Black Volcanite history, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Black Volcanite, love the guys. Please say my regards. Listen, I, I don't know why people don't like pineapple on pizza. It's pretty weird to me. I don't. I think it's more I of a hype thing. A <laughs> no, <laughs> you just don't care I'm why sorry. they don't. No, they must not eat don't it. Don't like it. Come on, don't come with. <laughs> Come come with me about okay. about that. No, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, that's for sure. That's 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 truth right there. That's truth right there. If you don't like it, don't eat from my fucking pizza, bro. Go get your own. <laughs> yeah. And you can yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, that's beautiful. But I do believe it's a hype thing and speaking about hype. Um yeah. How much do you think artists nowadays um are too invested in the hype instead of the actual product? Do you think that is the case or or do you think it's not at all? I'm I'm more of a substance guy, substance over hype. Hype is like okay, so 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 it's almost like I want to quote um the official Big Daddy Kane right now. If the beat makes an MC dope in a track, then good for them. But if that sound expires, and if you know what I mean, if the beat is gotcha. gone, it's yeah. like you are not even a memory. Like <laughs> that was what was most important, and that was the hype of its time. That's why I try not to to buy into um, the sound of a particular time. But then again, that's that's my personal opinion. Uh, I'm glad that we share it though. I'm not the only one. I'm not going crazy. Uh, you know. And then and we can disagree also on that. I mean, Thank for you. me at the same time, I I I like I like observing the hype and see 
what if that can carry sometimes something becomes your hype if you create it let's let's take let's take youngs for instance uh, on his old stunts and cup strap layer you know what i mean it's like okay how long can you drive it when i saw them uh producing uh clothing with it on it it's like okay so this wasn't just something people say they actually yeah. made it they cultivated um it into a a business you know standing behind it so strongly that they were like no oh, this is our business they're going to put it out there and your mom will wear this you know what i mean your life is going to wear this so it's beyond just the the, the expression naya you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's, a, it's got a whole movement behind it agreed agreed but, and 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 the yeah. whole point of that is because you're literally giving people a piece of your soul you you're giving them a piece of yourself that you can't take back it's there yeah. um and to yeah. do that you need to go deep Now listen to this guy. <laughs> you talk about me, guys. You got to write a book. You need to write a book. I did. <laughs> I just never released it. No, that's true. I like money, but not that this never going to give you that. That's that's a soul where somebody comes and touches your soul and says thank you for existing. Uh, that's something yeah. different. I've got so many, you know, at this very point like when we talking, we're glad you imposed this because during during the 90s and i mean like late 90s when when i was discovering no 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 not just discovering practicing my own voice i could have been in a shabeen but thanks to to hit warmer sessions on bush radio 89.5 on a saturday either a friday evening from 10 to 12 or 10 to 1 or a sunday afternoon those are the critical times I don't know what the Saturday time was, but those are critical times for a youngster in his late teens, mid teens, with all the demons that can be practiced. They are just known to us. Like, it could be at the shabeen, or it could be, you know, getting fucked up somewhere. Yeah. Yet I was listening. I was applying the same passion to do something, sitting and listening to every underground track that came through the airwaves. That was unlike any other radio station. It wasn't the famous ones. It was more because 89.5 is like yeah, bro. If you don't put the the modulator on the exact <laughs> right point, listen. <laughs> it's like oh, small, and 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 for me, being visual with my concepts, always I always saw it as that small doorway that led to big things every time. So 89.5 headphones. This is a space for my head. This is for my mind. Let me go in there, and, and because it had such a small window. On the, on the on the dial, it, it just spoke to me so loudly. Like, nah, I need to pay attention to this little guy, just to peek through, because it was a world. I mean, I heard Wu Tang through the, I heard the saucy nomad. I had local guys I never met in my life, but they sounded just like me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the devious that I heard stuff. People that phone into rap on a, an instrumental. That's how raw it was. Before ciphers became a thing where MCs could go to radio stations and just be like all puffed out, chased and rapping, blah blah blah. You had to run to a, the nearest telephone, public telephone, bro. throw in your coin or putting that phone card in there and then ask them to put you on. That's mm-hmm. where I exactly. That's that's the shit that we had to do. I'm like, let, let me know. All my brothers know, like, hey, Gisa, I'm gonna. Call in and do my verse. Oh, wait, tune in. Tune in. So they can tune in. Yeah. They mean to know. 
and then everybody would listen and say, okay, this uh, we live on the radio before Instagram was live, before Facebook was live. We exactly. did live. Exactly. But live on the radio, bro. Live and direct. If you, if you mess up, yeah. you mess up. It is what it is. You mess up. You, they're not going to say start off. Nah, nah, nah. You uh, done. That was your chance, bro. Next. <laughs> Time out. So we should definitely have a part two. Oh, we're going to have a part two. Boy. The question I wanted to ask you was, my bro, mm -hmm. there's one song of yours that I cannot get over. It's fucking Brain Saker. Yo, that track. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious, bro, because it's like, it's, I don't, it's it's different, man. It's, it's, I think it's because when you perform it live, it's got that, that participation aspect to it, man, with the crowd. Okay. But it's not a okay, thing no, where you're, you're telling the crowd, the, like, put your hands up, put your hands up the whole time, you know? It's a, it's a mm -hmm. subtle, mm -hmm. it's a subtle bringing them into the feeling of it, you know? And that, Wait. along with, with the music itself, it's like it's like poetry. It's literally it's poetry, but oh. it's poetry with a pool, man. Like it's a I don't even know how to go fucking completely. You tell me what's going on, just. Uh, thanks, thanks. I think you saw the live uh, performance we did uh, that I did with the trio. Yeah. At um, Root Spring House, which was probably one of the best experiences I had with the band um, because the sound was so nice the audience was different it was all hey it was grown folk, it was <laughs> grown folk. You look at your aunties and uncles in the audience and you go shit am I gonna perform Kama Sutra <laughs> things that will make them go mm, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just had to to get over myself sometimes it's you standing in your own way thinking that they might not be ready, but can't you, are you ready for them? Kind of mm. But Brain Saker, yeah, I love performing that because it's, it, it, I think it speaks to a way people feel about, you know, being attractive or attracted oh, to others, but they don't, you don't hear not a lot of songs about it. So, so that's just my um, homage to, to, to that kind of attraction. Just kind of under swept or underrated. I, I want to make more songs where we talk about stuff that we attract. Real Different types of attractions that doesn't get the the, the, the airtime as the normal fuck you songs. You know, yeah, the the fuck you. hoes, cars, money, any of <laughs> those words. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Nah. No, I like. Basically. Yeah, no, nah, but you see, and and why why I'm saying. For me, why this song or, or why that, that performance was so gripping, man, is because you literally make the people feel those words. And it's because of the way you carry yourself when you perform, bro. I fucking swear. It's like, <laughs> it's impossible not to fucking listen to you. It's like, it's an OG talking to me right now. Let me sit and, and, and oh, damn, he's he, he killing it. He's killing it. I'm like, fuck, man. I, I enjoy that one. I really do. And please collaborate not just only on music, but as an artist, collaborate with other businesses because yeah. that's where one needs to start thinking. Um, I've I've heard of him. Like, look, if you're the artist who just wants to to to, to give to your to people to listen mm -hmm. for free, that's up to you. Yeah. But and if you have a, another means to to provide, you know, put bread on the table, roof over here, then cool. But if you're the artist that really wants to explore the terrain. You will, you will bump into a lot of means that are 
was Musevi, even if they are like MCs. It's and, and and again, as you said, it's it's. I'm glad you said it like that. It's not just about rappers collaborating with rappers or rappers collaborating with no. singers or it's about collaboration across the creative sphere and business entrepreneurship is creative i mean you gotta you gotta pull rabbits out of your ass every day so yeah. i truly i truly agree with you it is time that artists go and speak to somebody that owns a business that you know and be like yo man how would you say i can put some money in my pocket with this that i've got right here which way should exactly. i go because a lot of the people that yeah. do do business nowadays at least did one course or a diploma or something you know um in a business something just to find yeah. out exactly how to structure it and all that man so yeah nah, no doubt yeah. no doubt that's that's i agree yeah. totally yeah yeah, yeah, yeah look um, yeah no 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 go on i was just thinking um yeah uh, the thing that, that that you shouldn't forget is that you might not come up with the with the with the idea to to sell yourself mm. but the person who's going to make the most out of that is seeing you as a brand in order to do so so if you if you don't see yourself as a brand doing your music then you might just lose a whole lot of uh, other things that could be yeah. as creatively exciting even Agreed. just by lending your voice maybe your brand is strongest in your voice because uh, of the texture and then other entities can use that um to to make characters around it as a series for an animation or oh, an ad for playbands or who knows right um and 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 then that might end up paying your bills at the end of the day maybe you can use that There tv money to to finance your next ep album who knows so yeah oh wait oh wait thanks thanks man i i, I hope i truly hope people are listening and taking notes on what the hell they should be doing moving forward they But do, just, they do. <laughs> thank you so much bro like i don't think you understand how great this interview is and how much information and knowledge was dropped that people can actually move forward uh, with in this thing and that's exactly what no. i wanted us to be able to do bro so blessings thank upon you thank you for you too man and i believe that this is going to be a change maker for for many a discussion interview in future Oh, yeah. Blessings, man. Blessings, man. Thanks a lot for coming through. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Jutsfanger for you. You have seen, you have heard. This is from the jump and we'll be back. Mm-hmm.